<clears throat> Hello, you are listening to the KGFC Festival Talks podcast. I am your host, Craig Horsley, and we are coming to you from the Kew Gardens Festival of Cinema, running from August 3rd to August 12th at both the UA Midway in Forest Hills, that's on Continental and Queens Boulevard, and the Queens Museum, located in Flushing Meadows, Corona Park. That's where the old World's Fair was back in 65. And you'll see the Unisphere and the Queens Museum there. So um, right now, I am have the pleasure of speaking with Jason Spagnoli, who is the director of a short film called Dames and, uh, Dames and Cars, and also Dimitri Gubin, who is the editor. Uh, the editor and cinematographer. Cinematographer. Um, welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. So uh, I've seen the film, and I don't like to give anything away. So uh, can you, ex- uh, you know, describe a little bit about the film? Sure. So it's about a young man named Simon, who has recently gone through a heartbreak, and he's uh, waiting for his mother in the parking lot of a CVS, and he notices a uh, a battered and a kind of sad beautiful young woman in the parking lot standing idle by her car and he decides to make his way over and investigate what's going on and uh, you know things aren't always what they seem and so Simon gets more than he bargained for when he goes over and talks to this beautiful young dame. Yes and that's uh, one of the questions that I have when I first saw the, the name of the film uh, Dames and Cars I was like oh Dames is kind of an old-fashioned name what was the reason for the title of the film? So, Dimitri and I are film teachers at the Frank Sinatra School of the Arts and Astoria, Queens, and um, it was my first year with him last year. So, he was going to be teaching a unit on film noir, and I was going to be doing a screenwriting unit on it. He did the production end, and I was doing the screenwriting end with the kids. And so, we thought it would be a great idea if we modeled best practices for them by shooting a short with them as our mentees. And so in coming up with a screenplay to model what a a noir could be like in this day and age, um, I had written the script Dames and Cars, which was originally titled Dames, Cars, and Cigarettes, because in the film she was going to be smoking a cigarette, but I can tell you why we changed that later. And, uh, And so just, you know, as a part of film noir, the femme fatale would sometimes be called a dame. Right. And so in trying to modernize film noir to what a high school teenager now could relate to, we, you know, um, modernized the location and some of the story points, but just thought it'd be fun to keep dames in the title to kind of reference where it came from. And, and you're, you're both teachers, so was the cast any of your students? Um, we actually ended up casting two drama students from the same school. Uh, they're now rising sophomores, so they were freshmen then. That's great. They must have been thrilled. Yes. And, and will, will they be at the screening tomo- tomorrow? Well, we're hoping they will be. They, they know about it, so yes. I hope so, because could you imagine seeing your face at that age on a big screen? <laughs> for them, definitely. And, uh, and Kathy Cooley, who plays the mother, she's going to be there for sure. She's actually a drama teacher at a middle school in Bayside. We used to work together, so we, you know, because the film started out as just a, um, a best practices short film, we tried to include people, you know, students behind the scenes, in front of the camera, 
teachers behind the scenes in front of the camera just to model best practices for them and when the film came out as good as it did that's when Dimitri was like we should just you know submit it and see if anybody uh, bites and uh, the other thing and now that you're talking about the film noir um, it's in black and white so that was a, a because of the film noir idea well uh, initially we weren't sure if it was going to be in color or black and white but uh, <clears throat> I w when we got to the location, I kind of looked at the location and said, you know what, let's just go black and white. And um, we kind of played around with the idea of shooting it in color and then turning it into black and white. And um, I just said, no, let's just shoot it in black and white because from experience, turning color into black and white is not, uh, at least for me personally, it's not, this doesn't work out the same way. So I just went straight for black and white because I wanted to see what it looks like in camera, you know, and uh, sort of using the shots themselves to get myself into the zone of noir as we're on location. So that's that's the story of that. And it takes place at night, so it lends itself to a darker, you know, grays and blacks. And, and also in doing the tech scout, we had went to the location prior to shooting, which is something we... Um, really impose upon our students like you know a lot of kids just go to their location the day of and they don't know where outlets are that the sun's going to be rising in this right. way it's 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 it yeah they they tend to do that and in the end it's always always becomes a big issue so you know we made sure to take them with us to location i think it was like about a week before two just weeks maybe even. two weeks and to actually plan it out too but there was also budgetary issues involved why we went location scouting and etc so uh you're both teachers so was this almost like a class trip where you took your whole class to to learn kind of i mean we only you know it had to be students that wanted to work after school because we shot on a friday and saturday night right um and we stayed out pretty late i i i assumed because the parking lot wasn't too busy yeah it, it was actually a group of uh, students from different grade levels. But as Jason said, you know, it was only the kids that, you know, really wanted to dedicate themselves. Because we shot this in November. November, right? November. And uh, it was freezing. Y yes. That night, the first night we shot, I think it was like about 35 degrees. And so, you know, we spent about six, seven hours outside. So, you know, that took a lot of dedication. Because it looks like it took place in the summer or in the, in the spring. So, yeah. did you have to edit out the uh, chattering teeth? Or <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately enough, there weren't any chattering. But yeah. there was a student that got sick. He had some bad sushi, and he was supposed to be our sound operator, and he was supposed to play the abusive boyfriend fighting with the dame. And he uh, got really sick before we started to shoot, and so somebody had to jump in and take his place. But, uh, you know, Murphy's Law on the film said anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Right. And I'm so happy that you saw that it seemed like it was a, a, an empty parking lot because that wasn't our experience. Okay. Okay. You know, when you're dealing with a car that has to back in multiple times and then pull out and kids, you know, uh, underage teenagers moving around a, a busy parking lot. It was like, you know, every time we were ready for a master shot or uh, even a close-up, you know, cars are honking, cars are pulling in and out, people are driving slowly, like, what are they doing with the camera? Am I in the shot? Right. So and you have to make sure that people aren't in the shot, I always assume, because if you're going to put this on a big screen, 
Yeah, no, that was an additional challenge. Absolutely. And then um, just weather also. I mean, it could have been raining or, you know, with the crazy weather we had this past year, it could have been snowing in November. Well, the, that could have just added to the look. Well, the, you know. yes, that's <laughs> <true>. <laughs> well, the irony is, so we shot two nights in November and uh, we were limited in our time just for, you know, just the way that movies work. And so we had to go back for a pickup day in December. And the irony was that in December, it was a lot warmer than the initial yeah. two yeah. nights. Yeah. So <laughs> the pickup, we were all like, we really wish the initial shooting days were as warm as this because it would have been a lot easier on the cast and crew. Now, you've been teaching together at school, but this is your first collaboration? Yeah, that's correct. And so uh, you directed, who wrote, who wrote the script? You wrote, I the, wrote script the script also. Um, and especially having students and, and being on location. How much different was the final cut from what you wrote? Were there a lot of ad-libs, a lot of changes? So it's interesting, right? I, I actually love the, uh, the challenges of a film set and the collaboration with the actors and crew because that's what makes a film come together. Um, from the initial script... You know, there was like some visual stuff that just didn't need to be there. You know, writers, I mean, as a writer, as a writer first and a director second, sometimes I like to write superfluous details or imagery that the story itself will tell. So there was like an opening montage of like the, uh, the mall and it being empty, but we didn't need it. And then there was, uh, we talked about, it used to be called Dames, Cigarettes and Cars, because one of the tropes of a film noir is everybody smokes. Right. And so there was an intimate moment between Simon and the girl, Tammy, where she was going to share her cigarette with him. And uh, we ordered fake cigarettes from Amazon because we didn't want underage teenagers smoking on sure. camera. Although they're all drooling, but I want no part of that <laughs> uh, consciously and on camera. So unfortunately, the uh, Amazon cigarettes didn't come in time for the shoot. We ordered them way in advance and they were late. And so we're thinking, well, how can we, you know, have the same uh, shared moment between the characters but not have them smoke a real cigarette? And so Dimitri was like, well, you know, noirs also deal with a lot of alcohol and drinking. And so we just got a, a beer bottle from the pizzeria that we were housing our stuff in, emptied out the beer, washed it out. He had the idea, put it in a brown paper bag because that's what a lot of kids do to hide the right. fact that they're drinking on the street. And so that was actually a really good change, we thought, because the way they share it in the film was cute. It has that visual recognition. Uh, the actors got to play off it a bit. Uh, and he uh, improvised a really, we thought was a sweet line of dialogue where he says, you know, I want to be like you. And you mean like I'm sober? Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, those little changes worked. Um, but other than that, I think it was mostly what was written on the script. And and the phone, uh, him giving her the phone, that could have actually been a, a substitute for a cigarette too. You know, so so you still had that noir, even if you didn't do the beer bottle. But the beer bottle added to it. Yeah. Right, but I also think the phone is kind of like brings it back to you know like oh Current this is day. not back in the 1940s, this is now. That's true. That's true. So. Um, so this is basically uh, uh, almost like a school project. So you had a limited time because you had to finish it before the end of the school year, I guess. Well, that, but also, um, yeah, I don't know. We just calculated the time. It wasn't going to take that long. And we wanted continuity of the location as well. So we didn't want to wait, you know, to finish shooting it 
but to get pickups uh, way later when the weather is just going to change, the light is going to change. So, but as far as editing and, and the fin- final product, how long did it take from the uh, first film, from finishing the filming to the final product? Well, first, I think it only took me a couple of days to get like a pretty fine cut, and then that's when we kind of realized, wait, we need some shots that we didn't get, so we need to go back and pick them up. So we went back, as Jason said, in December, got those, and then it took another few days to finish editing. So that's, and so uh, you've shown it to the students, I in classroom or yeah oh yeah no we well I think one of the goals was to get it done before Christmas break because his students were going to be working on their own noirs after Christmas in January and we had a student making a behind the scenes doc to document you know because like we said anything that can go wrong on a film set will go wrong and so how do you adjust to those malfunctions and how do you deal with those in the moment because you know I we noticed that students when one thing goes wrong, it's like their brain malfunctions and they all of a sudden freeze. And it's like, well, you can't, you know, can't do that in life, can't do that in the film set. So you have to kind of make the tragedies work. Um, so we did want to have it done before Christmas. And I remember we showed it a couple of times to students. It was great because they loved giving us feedback. You know, they're so used to us giving them right, feedback. That's great. And so they were like, you know, well, you know, guys, this doesn't work and we'll tell you why. Um, and that's why we had to go get pickups because there were certain shots and we don't want to reveal the ending but there were certain shots that were key to making it clear about what was happening um, and we had to go pick those up you're you're two different types of filmmakers than the other people that we've talked to because you're teachers and you're instructors so I'd love to hear like the pride that you must have once you've taught some of these students uh, any any real successes or just the you know you feel good at the end of the, the semester well it's definitely very extremely tiresome job career but it is extremely rewarding too um, we have a film festival at the school at the end of the year when the best films are selected and you know it's it's amazing to see what the students come up with by the end of the year so yeah yeah I mean um, I was thinking about it on the way here that for us it's kind of like a symbiotic relationship now you know I've been teaching film at the middle school level for three years prior to coming over to Sinatra and working with Dimitri and it was just fun to inspire kids to think outside the box but after we made this film last year it reminded me of all right I'm also a filmmaker and I think if in turn of us inspiring them it also inspires us right Uh, because now we're actually after this later today we're meeting our crew we're we're shooting another short in two weeks um, that's not school related and it's a bit more adult themed and uh, as a result of dames and just the success we've had with it uh, we've now started to I've been writing a bunch of shorts we're going to be shooting this one in a couple of weeks and uh, we have students who are production assistance for us on it and we've actually got more adult crew this time and um, I think it inspires me personally uh, working with the youth because I didn't have that when I was their age you know and as a high school student um, we had a film video program at Art and Design in Manhattan but 
you know, the teacher was great, he did his job, but nobody ever pulled me aside and pushed me to be the best version of myself. And that's what we strive to do is, you know, whether you're just an athlete who's got a, a small interest in, in film or the kid that really wants to go to UCLA or NYU, but you just have a hard time finding your voice because you're, whatever, second-guessing yourself or you're a teen. To me, and him and I have spoke about this, some of the most rewarding days in, s in the classroom aren't when the kid has gotten the best sound or the best film. It's when they've overcome their personal adversity to uh, use their art form as a way to uh, express themselves. Like, we had a young girl this year who wrote a short film and produced it about her father being an alcoholic. And it was, you know, some of her memories as a young girl that were kind of uh, haunting her. And we think that making this film might have been cathartic, and I think it was. Mm-hmm. And then we do a summer film thing. We just had uh, another one of our students made a film about a grandparent with Alzheimer's. And, uh, and that was extremely cathartic for her because uh, she was dealing with this. So it's, you know, it's extremely rewarding in so many different ways. But like Dimitri said, it completely exhausting. Where I am like on the couch by 8 p.m. and I want to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, th they have a lot of questions, I guess. I mean, they're, they're, this is almost like a vocational type of um, Well, it's not It's not vocational, um, but it is audition-based school, so f the majority of the kids are, you know... Motivated. They're, they're motivated, exactly. Right. <clears throat> but, you know, it's not like, you know, you know, despite what the popular belief is that teachers arrive to work at 8 o'clock and leave at 3 and that's it, it doesn't work like that, especially for film teachers. Sometimes we stay after school with the kids because they're shooting. Um, sometimes I get home at 8 o'clock in the evening. I leave my house at, you know, 6. Uh, and this is like a normal day. Sometimes uh, Jason had sacrificed some weekends to be with student crew to supervise them. You know, so there's always, always something. Um, but it's never a dull day. And like I said, it's very rewarding. And as Jason said, you know, it's especially like um, amazing when, you know, let's say kids are planning to shoot over a weekend and they come on Monday and they say we had all these issues and they came up with all these solutions and, and made it happen. You know, that's, that's a rewarding experience. Well, know. just just to put it into perspective, you know, you've got people on Broadway that oh, how can I do an eight show a week? You know, they're up on stage for two, two and a half hours, you know, uh, and you're up on stage all day for five days a week. Yep, and uh, weekends. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't stop. So, no. um, yeah, so you, you give you a lot of credit. I'm sure it is exhausting. Um, but then making the films is very uh, invigorating. You know, even working with them on their films, um, helping them achieve their vision. Like I said, symbiotic. Yep, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's like, it's almost like, uh, you know, you get in the zone, even on the air set, you know, on the kids' set, um, but it's definitely important to have a creative outlet. I mean, one of the reasons I went into teaching, and I was a photographer for many years, and a painter, I had exhibitions, etc., but uh, I decided to go into teaching because, you know, A, I wanted to still be able to do my own personal art, and then also, you know... Uh, it saved my life many times, um, the arts did, uh, so for me to, you know, I wanted to give the kids the same kind of experience. So for a while, 
when I was teaching and I didn't have a creative outlet, it was kind of like, you know, it's like going crazy. Right. So now we kind of found a niche where, you know, like we can still make films and still teach and uh, we can have the kids on the set and teach them even more. So that kind of thing. And, and with the modern technology with smaller cameras and being able to self-edit, these kids can actually do something from start to finish, almost with a very small crew, if not by themselves. Yep. And um, so, th- you know, the sky's the limit for these kids. Absolutely. And that's and the thing we try to push upon them is, uh, you know, when I took the job at Sinatra last year, I spoke to, like, some college film programs, and I, you know, because everybody has the cameras, everybody's got the technology. You could go on YouTube or go on these short film websites, and it's like, you know, what differentiates you from the next person and we try to tell the kids is developing their voice and being unique because everything looks the same and sounds the same for the most part but if you don't put a little bit of yourself into it right your blood sweat and tears you know it's you're going to fall into the category of everybody else so it's now more than ever it's really important to find their voice and and be distinctive i think and 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 part of education is seeing a problem and finding a solution on your own and that's, that's something that somebody going to a different school may not find, that, uh, that you're teaching them because they're doing actual practical experience in the, in the film industry or the film, film business. Absolutely. Even for the kids that end up not pursuing filmmaking, right. you know, it's, it is, like you said, a life skill. So, so um, this will be your first showing on a big screen. And it's in a neighbor in the neighborhood that you came from, mm-hmm. so uh, it must be very. It's going to be very exciting to see this on a big screen. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I know you're not in it, but you'll see your names up there, bigger than any place you've ever seen your names before, probably. It's probably this is probably the most interesting because we've watched the movie so many times. We've screened it for family, friends, and students, and we have a big screen at the school, so it's more interesting just to see if the the bits of the story that we know are coming if they hit and just to watch it with an audience and celebrate the work that we did together is going to be awesome I'm just wondering if, if there was a camera what face um, I'd want the camera on either yours seeing your first films up there or the, or the, act, the kids the, who are the actors because they're going to be like wow this is amazing so we hope so although maybe you know having more followers on Snapchat and Instagram might be a bigger deal to them depending on <laughs> nah <laughs> Um, and then uh, do you think you're going to try and submit this to any other film festivals or any perhaps Dames perhaps but the one we're shooting in a couple of weeks um, definitely really excited about that one great well I want to thank you for for coming and and talking with us congratulations on being in the film festival Thank thank you and I'm looking forward to seeing what you and your students do in the future All right. thank you so much thank you Craig so before we leave, I'd like to thank our wonderful sponsors, uh, Blog Talk Radio, for providing an excellent platform for our podcast. I'd also like to thank the LT's Cafe, Cafe in Kew Gardens. That's where we're uh, taping these podcasts. Uh, it's our official festival lounge, and uh, it's a wonderful space. And in addition, any ticket holder or badge holder gets 10% off any coffee or bakery items through August 12th. That's the end of our film festival. And for more information on how you may purchase tickets to the festival, uh, check out our full lineup of the films and events. We have some comedy, trivia. We have an outdoor uh, film at the Queens Museum. 
on Thursday. So please visit our website at www.q www.qgardensfestivalofcinema.org That's K-E-W-Q, not the letter Q. Um, And I want to thank Jason and Dimitri for for being wonderful guests today. And this is Craig signing off. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.